Hey, Rachel. Hi, Brian. So how was your week? It was election week. <laughs> it was election week, and um, it's been a mixed bag. We had a brief glimmer of joy <laughs> yesterday. Uh, you know, the Democrats picked up 30 seats and retook the House, but um, the Republicans picked up seats in the Senate. Jeff Sessions was fired. Ruth Bader Ginsburg fell and broke her ribs. all Like all of her ribs. <laughs> and is in the hospital, which is horrible. And now we're just back to nope. It's back to nope. I'm sorry. I thought we were going to give you a this week in yup, but nope. This is this week in nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no. My sign is no. My number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Well, Rachel, we're here. It's a day late. We're releasing this on Friday morning, not Thursday, but we have a very good reason. This is our first ever intercontinental This Week in Nope. I know. It's like a day late and a euro short. <laughs> you are in Portugal, in, in Lisbon. Li- that's Lisbon. Lisbon. That's so exotic. And I'm in North Carolina, somewhat less exotic, but still on this side of the Atlantic. Yeah, and by water, we're both <laughs> by water. That's how most people on other opposite sides of the Atlantic <laughs> are separated. Well, the thing that you said when we when we first opened that's amazing is how the the news cycle, which we thought was going as quickly as it possibly could, has accelerated even further. We thought that the shift in the power in the house uh, would have dominated the news cycle for weeks or months, but in fact, it was overcome by all kinds of other stories. Not least of which is really the elephant in the room, which which is the altercation between Jim Acosta, CNN White House correspondent, and Donald Trump. I mean, it's just the th- it keeps getting worse, this thing. It keeps getting worse. Let me let me give a little rundown as to what yes, happens please. for those of you who are not as tuned into the media mania as we are. So there was this press conference. Trump gave this incredible, rambling, ridiculous press conference uh, yesterday, the day after the election, and it was an hour and a half, and he was his normal blustery self, and he took a question from Jim Acosta, who he hates and who he is always sparring with, and it was like a normal Acosta question about the Russia investigation, and it just pushed Trump's buttons for some reason, and he kept scolding him. He said, you're a very rude person, and at some point he said, let me run the country. You can go run CNN, as if like no reporter had the right to ask him a question because he's the president. As if Jim Acosta to run CNN. Like, no. <laughs> That's right. Jim got a, got no wishes he runs CNN, but no, he's just a lowly White House reporter. So he tries to ask, usually there's a follow-up question. He tried to ask his follow-up question and Trump kept cutting him off, cutting him off. And it was almost like he was like calling in security. So this intern comes in and tries to like grab the mic from him. And for like a brief moment, Acosta doesn't let her take it away. He sort of retains control of the mic, which was rightfully his. There was no altercation. It was no, there was no kerfuffle or nothing physical. It was just he held the mic. She tried to take it and eventually he let it go. Of course, what happened as a result of this? They suspended Jim Acosta's White House pass and Sarah Huckabee Sanders, that bastion, that bastion of press rights and women's women's rights. She tried to make it seem like he had like physically accosted the intern. And she made a statement that said, we will never tolerate a reporter placing his hands on a young woman just trying oh to do her job God. as a White House intern. As if 
Donald Trump is this champion of like female interns' rights. Never mind grabbing by the pussy. Never mind the thousand women he's raped. Don't sue me for slander, but allegedly raped. And this is this is the moral high ground that she's standing upon as to why they should take away Jim Acosta's press credentials. Oh, and never mind the fact that Corey Lewandowski, his former campaign manager, literally assaulted a reporter on the campaign trail, <laughs> and she had like bruises. As did as did that Montana Senate rep, uh, Senate candidate who John Tester beat, who actually did beat up a reporter, and who Trump congratulated for beating up a reporter for body slamming a reporter. That's right. So that's not the end of the story. It's barely the beginning. So. Thanks to the intrepid reporting at CNN, um, Matt Dornick, who I think runs communications, and Brian Stelter, who we love, who runs the chief media correspondent, and his wife, Jamie, hopefully will be a a guest on This Week in Nope in the next few weeks or months, She said she would. She said She said she would. (laughs) Jamie, come on. We're waiting for you. Anyway, so they went to the White House video, and they compared it with the raw footage that was the real story, and it told a very different story. It seems that the video that the White House House was relying upon had been altered, and it sped up the exact point to make it look like Jim Acosta was actually more aggressive and kind of like slamming the intern's hand aside, and it made the intern look like she was just this demure little mouse who was being attacked by the vicious, <laughs> vicious <misogynist>. Jim Acosta. <laughs> right. And uh, to his credit, Matt Dornick tweeted, this is absolutely shameful at, uh, shameful at Press Sec. You released a doctored video, actual fake news. History will not be kind to you, which is absolutely correct. Now, So the question is, where did this doctored video come from? (laughs) Did it come in the bowels of the West Wing? Was, like, Stephen Miller somehow, like, using, you know, iMovie or... What's the, what no, are, they're too stupid. They're too stupid. No, they're too stupid. They don't know how to no, do it. They're like on like they're like on FileMaker Pro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so where did it come from? It turns out, of course, that this video came from InfoWars from Alex Jones. Alex Jones's conspiracy theory slinging website that has been banned from Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> it's so bad that it's been but, banned from but Twitter. But the White House is putting out its content. Cool. That's right. So it was, this was a video that was apparently made by a guy named Paul Joseph Watson, who is a sort of uh, fifth column InfoWars YouTuber. He posted a very similar, if not identical, video. And um, and this is what the White House based its decision on, or at least said it based its decision on. This is absolutely disgusting. If anybody had any question that Trump is a threat to the freedom of the press in the United States of America, here it is. This is it. And the thing that I I don't understand is like, so Jim Acosta had to turn in his like, they call it a hard pass, which gives him access to the White House grounds. I think all of the White House correspondents should turn in their fucking hard passes and just be like, hard pass on this shit. You know? Yeah, what happens when Sarah Huckabee Sanders shows up for one of her little like charade press conferences and nobody shows up because they all don't a have tree a press falls pass. in the woods and nobody knows. <laughs> <No one will> <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. So no press office. No, I, I don't even want to say no Donald Trump, but yes, Jim Acosta, keep fighting the good fight keep and fighting. no and and no. Pre- and have solidarity with this guy. Don't go to these 
kangaroo court, you know, temples of lies. You know know who else should stand up? And I'm going to give her a nope is that White House intern. Speak up for your truth. Speak up and say, I was not accosted. There are real women out there who are getting accosted, not by Acosta. They're getting accosted every single day. (laughs) This Acosta was was not not an accosting. (laughs) No, this was not that. She should stand up with the real women who are actually being accosted. No. No, shut all of this no, down. Shut it's it down. Terrible. No, no, it's no. It's terrible. Well, luckily, we didn't only have to look at the White House. Over the last few days, we got to survey uh, a lot of different races nationwide. We Our attention was drawn to a lot of districts that we might not otherwise have paid attention to. And Rachel, your, your gaze was drawn <laughs> to a particular race that we at This Week in Nope have been watching very carefully. We've been following it. There have been many stories about this. Um, remember Dennis Hoff? You know, he's oh, the, guy, the, bunny, the ranch bunny ranch guy. Yeah. So okay, give owns- us a little. Give us a little refresher because not everybody listens every week. Yeah. So okay. So Dennis Hoff, he owned like half a dozen Nevada brothels. He was an HBO reality star. There was a series called Cat House that documented <laughs> his life. Um, he said he was, he was the <laughs> Trump, the Trump of prostitution. To which I would yes. argue that Trump, Trump is the Trump of prostitution. Trump of prostitution, okay. and he's and he's the apprentice to the Trump of prostitution. So he was running for the Nevada state legislature on the Republican ticket, and um, he wrote a book called uh, "Modeled After the Art of the Deal," called "The Art of the Pimp." Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, um, he was celebrating his 72nd birthday with his pals, Joe Arpaio and um, Grover Norquist, as you and do. Ron Jeremy. And, um, and Ron, Ron Jeremy. Ron Jeremy the and, Hedgehog. And um, he had such a good time that he died. <laughs> he dropped dead shortly after the end of the party. <laughs> okay. So he's Ron dead. This guy, so he's dead. This guy... This guy is dead. We've okay. We've reviewed this material previously. Is there an update? So, in an who, t- who took twist, his who took his who took his place on the ballot? Nobody. So, and he won the election <laughs> against Alicia <laughs> Romanov. He got sixty three percent of the Wait, vote. He stayed on the ballot, and he won. He got sixty three percent of the vote. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so that proves two things. It proves number one that the Republicans will nominate and stay with anyone, and no matter how despicable or dead or alive. And number two is that the Democrats really can't manage to field a good candidate in Nevada. In Nevada. But maybe it doesn't take much to legislate in Nevada. Maybe, like, you know, anything goes there. They just need, like, a body, alive or yeah, dead. <laughs> Do you think it's like Weekend at Bernie's are going to wheel him in to the state house in. in Carson City? I mean, the capital is Carson City. Like, how how rigorous could this job be? Like, they go in like for twenty minutes, go cast a few votes, and go to the casino and the and the bunny ranch. In the bunny ranch, and they have someone standing behind him to like raise his hand or not. <laughs> okay, and, no, 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 we needed to do that update, but I don't think we need to say any more about that. Shut it down, Nevada. They no. did elect a, a Democrat, surprisingly, to I forget senator or, or governor, but um, other senator than that, to the Senate, senator. Dean Heller oh. lost. Um, oh, that's good. That's yeah. good. Okay, but no, shut it down. Shut it Nevada, down. Just, no. no, vote Nevada for living people. Nevada. 
vote for living people, preferably living Democrats. No. Okay, Rachel. So I don't know. I'm impressed that you've kept up with all this USA news while you are in the EU for the time being while it exists. But you've been at this web summit. I'm not even sure what it is, but it sounds pretty interesting. How has your experience been? Yeah, you know, so I'm at this giant tech conference. There's like 80,000 people here. It's called Web Summit. And it's been mostly a really fun week. Um, Notel, the company I work for, threw a great party last night, and I moderated a couple of panels. Ooh, la la. Yeah, so the panels were um, a mixed bag. The one today was great. <laughs> it takes I a big wanna... woman to admit that their panels were a mixed bag. Normally everyone's <laughs> like, oh, they were amazing. They broke new ground in discourse. But you're like, eh. <laughs> they were fine. Well, I mean, it was fine. But the you know what happened yesterday before I went on stage was very disturbing. And I want to tell you about it. So, Please. you know, you, you've done these panels before you go on stage to this big audience of hundreds of people. It's you're, it's a little nerve wracking. I don't care who you are. It's always like a little yeah, bit you, you ch- Maybe you chit chat with the other panelists, but, you know, it's just to get a sense of who they are. Who they are. And you ch- maybe drink a glass of wine, some beta blockers, whatever. So <laughs> you <little> riddle in <laughs> some scotch, <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. works for you. You know, so um, and then maybe you're just like nervous that you're going to forget your talking points or you're going to experience some kind of wardrobe malfunction. And oh, and by the way, the wardrobe malfunction happened to our very own Lauren Good right before (laughs) previous guest, (laughs) previous guest, (laughs) uh, Wired Magazine's Lauren Good right before she was going to go on stage to interview Darren Aronofsky. (laughs) (laughs) My my Dunster House college mate. (laughs) I know, I know. And he informed her of the wardrobe malfunction. Wait, did her breast did her bre- breastplate fall off? <laughs> <laughs> she asked me not to reveal what the wardrobe malfunction was, but I feel like by not revealing it it's even worse. No, it's worse. Our our listeners demand to know okay. what happened to Lauren Good. <laughs> <laughs> so they were having This college- is totally off script here. <laughs> this is off script, but it's very funny. So <laughs> She's having coffee with Darren Aronofsky before the panel, and uh, he says to her X Y Z, and and is like looking at her pants, and she thought that he was like asking for the brand of her pants, and she's like, oh, they're Moschino, and but he was saying like zip. Zip your pants, you know? Oh, zip, oh, X, X, Y, Z. <laughs> I haven't heard that since, like, junior high school. <laughs> but she was very grateful that he if told you're a her. Man, if you're a man, if you're a man, that happens all the time. Totally. And he, and she was grateful, and he was totally gracious, and that's a mensch to do that, because you don't want to walk on stage with, you know, a wardrobe malfunction. So anyway. Right. Okay. Was, okay. Was but what happened to me... Was everybody as courteous <laughs> No. <to> what <laughs> happened to me was much worse. So I was moderating this panel about CEO burnout and how to incorporate mindfulness and meditation into the workplace. And one Which of is the- ironic, because you are <laughs> not particularly mindful, nor do you meditate. Well, I'm mindful. I do yoga. You know, I try to like keep in control. Um, (laughs) So one of the panelists, literally three minutes before we were about to go on stage, just turned to me, looked me up and down and asked me if I was pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I was. one thing you never ask any human ever, ever under any circumstances. I was pregnant with rage. Right. It's the other person's job to tell you if and when they are pregnant, if and when they want to tell you. I I just, um, I lost my shit. 
I stormed away and screamed, Jesus fucking Christ. And I, and the whole of the rest of the panel saw this happen. And I realized that having a meltdown on stage would probably complicate the topic of the panel, mindfulness and meditation. <laughs> About burnout among executives and mindfulness. <laughs> so the other panelists like crowded around me and they were asking me if I was okay because it was clear I was like rattled by this, which made it even worse. And I, I just sort of took a moment, took a few breaths, had some mindfulness. I threw on a jacket to cover my body and took to the stage <laughs> were you self-conscious did you i mean was she reacting did you think you had like a pregnant belly or yeah. that you had a gl- that's disgusting i and, know well, a you don't and b it doesn't matter if you do or you don't you don't say that you don't say that you just don't it just threw me off you know it just made me self-conscious about things i didn't even want to think about but i you bet know? you were fucking fabulous on that panel anyway. yeah i i think i i think i killed it it was fine it was okay good. so yeah. nope Whoever no. this what, what, what can you describe this person in any way, or is it just? Are you I want to give her the cloak of anonymity because she did send me an email this morning to apologize, and you know I was just so you like, have like attorney, you have like attorney client privilege, panelist <laughs> moderator, moderator privilege, <laughs> exactly. And so I said, you know, she she said she wanted to break the ice and she was nervous and she said something she didn't mean and I was just like, thanks for acknowledging your mistake. I too was nervous and <laughs> this did not help, but bygones be bygones and whatever. Okay, so, so you'll have a long-term relationship with her now. No, no, we will never speak again, but uh, but it's over. So <laughs> <laughs> How was the rest of the conference? Anything else interesting <laughs> other than so, someone calling you pregnant? <laughs> so after the panel was over, I was just really excited to partake in some of the delicious snacks that they had laid out in oh, the media area. That's one of the best things about a conference, if they're generous with the snacks. Oh, yeah, they are here. They had lots of hams. And, you know, at the Web Summit, they set out to disrupt everything, including the snacks. Oh, disruptive snacks. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I go over to the counter and there's this giant bowl overflowing with smoke. And I look inside and it's (laughs) dry ice popcorn. And so they they weren't water pickles. No, it was dry ice popcorn. And they're serving it in these little cones. And I thought the cone was edible. I thought it was like an ice cream cone, but it wasn't. It was made out of like organic bamboo. And I was like, so and so that was embarrassing. But then so I'm eating the popcorn and it's like that dragon's breath snack that we talked about. Oh, yeah. But that that caused like esophageal burning and like blood coughing and, and death all kind, and death in fact death <laughs> so i suddenly realized that i've never once in my life thought all i want is for my popcorn to be colder you know <laughs> <laughs> never Ever have I once thought this was this. not movie theater popcorn? This was smoking. <laughs> they, should, they should introduce this at Regal Cinemas at AMC, right? <laughs> the new no, they should not. They should not because I was standing. They should serve it in a pillowcase, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe in a pillowcase with like everything bagel seasonings. Okay. No, no. At, at at the first when you said eighty thousand people at a web summit, my first instinct was why the fuck wasn't I invited? Am I chopped liver? On the other hand, I don't want to go to this shit. I don't want to get called pregnant. I don't want to be <laughs> molested by 
flaming popcorn. <laughs> That's disgusting. No, but my friend Sam, who worked at the Wall Street Journal with me, we're standing there eating this popcorn, and we're like transported to like the inside of the Arctic Circle, like breathing smoke <laughs> on each other, like two idiots. And then Sam realizes that the bottom of his bamboo cone is like dripping liquid nitrogen on his foot. <laughs> And he's like, ah, you know, but his shoe protected him. But, you know, he's Was just like, no. Was the shoe frozen? No, it, it did get, have some ice on it. It's like a so, nightclub. It's like you're there at a, some wonky trade show and there's like smoke and night. It sounds fabulous. <laughs> well, luckily, nobody got hospitalized from the popcorn. But no, I don't need this. No. Just, OK, this this summit sound web summit sounds like a disaster. Please <laughs> no, stop having them. It was mostly good. It was mostly good. Okay, nope, shut it down. Let me say from a distance, nope, shut it down. Okay. Shut it down. Rachel, do you have any topics that are like completely, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about web summits. Give me something different. Yeah, so um, I was reading the New York Times from here and I saw a headline that really uh, shocked and disturbed me. And the headline was, (laughs) a five-year-old's 15-page resume captivates China. Oh! (laughs) And I was... I had Wait, so many questions. Wait, a 15-page resume. Okay, now I'd like to think that I'm fairly accomplished in the fields in which I manipulate, operate, but I do not, and nor could I in any way fill up a 15-page resume. Nor could I, but so this five-year-old boy from southern China, he's applying for a spot in first grade at some Shanghai private school, and he his parents submitted a 15-page <laughs> resume for him, and it leaked because why, like, something like why, that is Why outrageous. would it not leak? Right? Even in China, that is outrageous. And it caused total mayhem. Like, people were going bonkers. So by were, the, People were jumping out of windows. <laughs> they were screaming. <laughs> they were throwing Running through things. the streets. <laughs> <laughs> Fireworks in their ears. Just chaos. It was like okay. Tiananmen total Square chaos. all over So there again. were thousands <laughs> of people uh, weighing in about it on Weibo, that, you know, which is their version yeah, of Twitter. Yeah. And there was a hashtag about this boy... And it had been viewed more than 38 million times. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the thing in China. There's so many people is like, you know, you drop a pin and 38 it's like million a people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe like, it's like nothing. Um, <laughs> so the New York Times described the resume as glittering, complete with re- performance reviews, quote, full of energy, a map of well, his travels. <laughs> I want to know what's in this resume. Like, what did he do? Like, he pooped in his diaper. Uh, like, what did, what there did he do? There was a PowerPoint. There was a PowerPoint presentation. It had growth charts and stick figure clip art and included <laughs> discussions of his adversity quotient. I don't even know what the fuck that is. What and is his an artistic talents. And details of his schedule, memory training, diary class, sports and piano, and samples of his artwork, including drawings of dogs and fish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it sounds like AJ can do all of those things easily. He, He can. But, you know, he's this kid is also kind of like arrogant. He's like bragging that he I don't never... think he had anything to do with it. You, you no. act as if the kid had any agency over this <laughs> You're right. resume and he did not. <laughs> no, that's the thing. That's the thing. This the is parents, deranged parents. The parents are deranged, clearly, and they're liars because a five-year-old did not read 408 books in one year. 
Is that what it said? <laughs> yes, 408 no. books. Okay, I'm shutting this down. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Although the only thing I have to say about this is it is only a matter of time. If it is not happening already, it is only a matter of time before crazy New York parents do the exact same thing. Probably. And all of these children should be sent away to boarding school so that they don't have to deal with these horrible parents. Shut it and down. Prob- probably this kid will apply to Harvard. Well, he will be discriminated against because he is Asian. That's, nope. Yeah. Shut, it, Shut down. it down. Shut it down. Shut it okay. all down. We're talking about East Asia. I have another East Asia story. Um, you may know, our listenership may know, that over the last 10 years, cat and dog cafes and tea shops have become very popular in East Asia. You know, they, yep. the cats wander around. That's an old story. There are, in fact, now thousands of them, specifically in South Korea. They're in Seoul, they're very popular. There's one um, in New York. Yeah, there's one in New York. I avoid it, but you know, there's thousands. <laughs> <It's> there. <laughs> there's thousands. <laughs> if you, should you there's, need that? <laughs> there's a lot of things that are quote there in New York that I do not attend. That is one of them. Um, however, the Koreans have now grown jaded about these cat and dog cafes. They are a dime a dozen. They are on every corner, like Starbucks or CVS. And so there is a new innovation. There have there has arisen in the last year three dozen raccoon cafes in raccoon Seoul. Raccoon cafes, okay. Raccoon cafes. With uh, You can imagine there are raccoons wandering around willy-nilly in a cafe, to which I say what could possibly, possibly go, wrong. Go, wrong. <laughs> go wrong. One of our key nope themes. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> um, a quote from one of the patrons is that teams of the mask animals wander, scamper, and stare about the room looking for room and board. Now, they're cute to the patrons there, apparently. That might be a cultural thing. But they're, in fact, not that well-behaved. They apparently climb the ceiling... They climb the ceiling rafters so they're like hovering above you in some way. Um, and uh, Choi Da Som, a 29-year-old office worker who was interviewed in one of these, said they're adorable, but, quote, they're quite violent. They tried to take food away from people and harass the dogs. Um, now, I don't know about the rabies situation, but these are vicious creatures. They are... They are. They're not uh, domesticated animals. They're garbage monsters. They're garbage pandas, is what they are. That's what they're called, garbage pandas. Who would want to be in a confined space? And they're cruel to them because even though they say they're giving them a safe place and room and board, they're nocturnal animals or at least corpulescent, and they do not give them anywhere to hide out. Like during the night, because they like to like burrow down and be so they're angry, so they're pissed they're, off, they're pissed off, angry, possibly rabid, very hungry raccoons <laughs> that are cl- climbing the rafters, clawing around, <laughs> scaring dogs, eating people's food. This sounds like a delight, but this is not the end. This is not the end of the story. The trend has continued because there always has to be someone one-upping. There are now virtual zoos, veritable zoos <laughs> now in Seoul cafeteria, cafes that include uh, wallabies, sheep, <laughs> chinchillas, and meerkats as live entertainment. How relaxing <laughs> to have a cup of tea <laughs> next to a chinchilla and a meerkat. I can't think of anything there. more delightful. <laughs> so there's like a whole zoo 
um, in this neighborhood. And one patron said, a meerkat cuddled with a leopard tortoise and kittens dozed off in a bed next to prairie dogs. To which I say, there's going to be a fucking massacre. These animals in the wild are are like, their Pred- evolution yeah. is trained to to be predators They're on predator each other. They're predator and prey, and they should not be in a cafe. <laughs> Animals and humans should not mix. They should not meet in this situation, especially. It's only a matter of time between there is an absolute bloodbath. People say that Americans have blood of gun violence and that it's a whatever an order of magnitude. I think that Korea is going to have animal violence that it's an order of magnitude across anywhere else in the world. This is if a they nightmare this, waiting to happen. This, this is, is happening. This is this shows no sign of abating. This is absolutely terrible no korea stop this there should be no animals in your cafes especially stop it at cats and dogs even that is very questionable just stop no feral animals no garbage pandas no chinchillas or sheep or, or meerkats what a, meerkats what even is that a fucking meerkat i want them in my in my coffee shop no shut it down shut it down <laughs> okay we're gonna we're gonna stay one more story in the um in the pacific realm uh so <laughs> so as you know under the horrible trump administration and their despicable uh, lack of investment in the State Department and diploma- diplomacy. We've been losing diplomatic wars. People hate us all around the world. They used to respect Americans, and now they hate us. They're confused so the US, by us. They don't they're know. They're confused by us. They, they they think the people are great, the culture is great, but the government is terrible. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. Embassy in Australia, in Canberra, which is the capital, decided they were going to do something about it. So they decided they were going to hold an event that was open to the public, to all kinds of VIPs. So they sent out Evites to this in a truly modern fashion. This was not an embossed, engraved invitation. It was a nice Evite. Is that the U.S. Embassy in Canberra? Yeah, the U.S. Embassy. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to reach out. They're g- going rogue a little bit, trying to reach out to the people of Australia. So there's this email invitation that goes out to like thousands of people, except it was for a cat pajama party. What does that hosted, even mean? <laughs> hosted by the embassy. And the invitation <laughs> on the Evite had an image of a cat in a cookie monster suit, <laughs> holding a plate of comforting <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> okay, I have some of questions. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Your question. So, was the party for cats or for humans? <laughs> no, I think it was. No, I think it, I don't know. A cat pajama party. Maybe the cats were there as entertainment in their pajamas. I don't know. If were the, the cats wearing pajamas? Was it a like a play on words? Like like, you know, Austra- oh, you're think the Australia pajamas. is the cat's pajamas. Oh, well, that's clever, but I don't think they're that clever. I think it was like literally either there were going to be cats in pajamas <laughs> or you should come dressed as a cat in pajamas. Well, oh, luckily, <laughs> there's so many different directions that this invitation this is, could take. This is like a Hieronymus Bosch etching from the 16th century. <laughs> It's like a snake eating its tail. I have no idea what the fuck is going on here. Luckily, they resolved it fairly quickly, and they admitted that it was a mistake. They said it was a, quote, training error made by a new staff member who was, quote, testing out our email newsletter platform, to which I say, how fucking hard is it to use MailChimp? And how do you accidentally send your ridiculous parody 
you know, party invitation to the entire population of Australia. <laughs> this is what happens when you gut the State Department and bring in idiots. You wind up with like 13-year-olds. No, 13-year-olds know invitation. how to use MailChimp. <laughs> Well, of course, um, they rescinded the invitation, but they had to do it on Twitter. <laughs> and there was, of course, a huge backlash of people who were excited for the cat pajama party in the U.S. Embassy in Canberra. And to which I say all of this, nope. State no. Department, I admire your intention to actually try to win back the people of the world. But this was not the way to do it. Have some quality control. Have some supervisory person look at these things before you send them out nope nope no nope. this could start shut a war it. no shut, shut it we down can have a war. you already almost started a war with australia let's just shut it down no no no, no more parties just like no okay rachel what do you got so i want to bring us back to america um oh, to please, linwood please. new jersey specifically uh where a psychotherapist a family psychotherapist named diane sylvia lives and Diane Sylvia wanted revenge on an enemy. So when she found out that one of her patients was a former member of a criminal gang, she asked if she could hire him as a hitman in exchange for therapy sessions. <laughs> wait, wait. I'm not a, an expert in the um, professional ethical code of therapists. Nor am I. But my, but my amateur guess is that that is outside the realm of acceptable behavior. It seems that it would be. so, the, And the gang member thought that this was outside the realm of acceptable behavior, and he reported it to the FBI. Right. So, so despite being a gang member and, be, and uh, participating in all sorts <laughs> of presumably illegal behavior, the one thing that set him off was the violation of, of not attorney, of psychotherapy. medical privilege, therapist <laughs> privilege here <laughs> yes so he reports this to the fbi and they send in an uh, undercover agent who poses as a hitman and um this is how diane sylvia ended up giving orders to an fbi agent to beat up somebody who she said was blackmailing her um she said he needs his pretty little face bashed in that's what i really want she said a broken arm would help too and something so he can't do push-ups, so he can't work. Because <laughs> that's what and, really, <laughs> really yeah. hits a guy where it hurts, is the failure <laughs> really... to do push-ups. <laughs> and so um, the FBI And this agent... was presumably all recorded by the FBI yes. um, informant, right? Yes, who was wearing a wire. So the FBI agent then asks her how the assault would help... <laughs> If the man who she wanted to hurt did not even know that she was the one who arranged it. And she says, it's just going to make me feel better. So, <laughs> That's a very psychotherapeutic answer. Right, right. And so the, the agent then asks, why did she want to do this? And she says that the man has been extorting money from her for years because, quote, he ended up with some stuff on me that he was going to report me to the licensing board, which means I have no job. So she wants, <laughs> <Wait>. so she <laughs> she wants to hire a hit man so that to save her from the licensing board... Who would otherwise bar her from practicing psychotherapy? So this is a snake eating its own tail. <laughs> yes, if absolutely. There, if there ever was one. And this is also an only in New Jersey story. Usually it's only in Florida, but this is a New Jersey story. This is story. a New Jersey. This is a very Sopranos type story, you know? So This is 
It's ripped right, right out of the Sopranos. <laughs> right of the headlines. Okay, no, no. If you, by the way, if you go to a therapist, you're allowed to ask them questions. So, like, ask them: Have they had any interactions with? They have to answer you truthfully. Have you had any interactions with hitmen? Are you being extorted by anyone? And if they fail to say that, then you, they are liable, and you can have them subpoenaed and prosecuted for that. By yep. the American Medical Association or somebody. <laughs> yeah, so she was charged in federal court this week on one count of solicitation to commit a crime of violence, released on $50,000 bail, and now she's being held at the Cape May County Correctional Facility. I know you're familiar with Cape May. Oh, there. I know Cape May very well. We've been to a number of weddings there, and it's a lovely place. Yeah. But it's not a lovely place to be in jail when you're a, <laughs> when you're a psycho therapist seeking a hitman no no just no. shut that down shut her down she's garbage she's, she's garbage, garbage okay. and she caused her own she is the architect of her own demise <laughs> <laughs> and those are the best architects aren't they those the are the best. best kind of architects <laughs> okay um so we've had a real mixed bag this week we've had a, a few little glimmers of hope with taking back the house and then a whole fucking load of nope but still, we always have our yups. We have our few things that give us beacons of hope. Rachel, I mean, I, I think one of the things is that there were so many victories in some unlikely places, especially in the House. Amazing women, Native Americans, Muslims, LGBT. Like, this reflects the best of what the Democratic Party should be. And we have a couple of them that really highlight the, the favorite races that we had. Rachel, you have one. Yeah, my, uh, I mean, the one that really stuck out to me was uh, Lucy McBath. Um, she is, she was a flight attendant in Georgia, and her 17 year old son was shot and killed for playing music too loud at a gas station. And she became, um, you know, an anti-gun activist. And uh, a few years later, here we are. She was inspired to run by the Parkland activists and she beat Karen Handel in a very close race. It was just revealed today that she won in Georgia's 6th District, which ironically was once represented by Newt Gingrich. So awesome. I gotta give it up to fuck Lucy you, McBath. Fuck you, Newt Gingrich. Just fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> she, she had one of the most you moving campaigns the 90s. ever. No, you he ruined, ruined everything. The 90s. Yeah. Um, and uh, we'll link to her campaign ad in the show notes because it was very moving. Fantastic. And congratulations to you, Lucy. And then the second the second winner that I want to highlight is uh, Jennifer Wexton, who uh, unseated an, a seemingly unseatable Barbara Comstock, a Republican and incumbent in a suburb of Washington, D.C., um, and the reason I'm bringing her up, well, she was one of the first of the evening, as we were watching, who had sort of uh, presaged the fact that there was going to be uh, a Democratic victory that night, but more importantly, perhaps— a few weeks ago on This Week in Nope, we highlighted her because there was a uh, a crazy kind of phony Facebook page called Wacky Wexton Nope, where they tried to rally anti-Wexton sentiment. And there was all kinds of Nazi, fake Nazi, white supremacist propaganda against her. And she was like, fuck you. And she won. She so won. She was knocked. She is not wax, wacky. She is not not. She is a fucking United States congressperson. And she take, is. That. take that. Take that, you fuckers. Okay. And okay. on that note, 
If you enjoyed this podcast, which I hope you did, look, we did a lot to do this from Portugal, from North Carolina. This is this shit is not easy. It may may sound effortless to you, but it's very difficult. If you enjoy, <laughs> buttery, if, if, if you enjoy this, please tell your friends, rate us, review us, subscribe. We love when we see a new subscription, a new rating, a new review. It just gives us untold joy, untold joy. So please tell everyone you know, Rachel. Tell someone to your left. Tell someone, Tell to, your someone right. to your right. Shout it yeah. from the rooftops. And if yeah, we do like, that, we'll have three times as many Three times as many listeners. And, um, you know, as Brian was saying, write us a review, as long as it's good. If, if you're not going to write us a good review, then just unsubscribe and don't ever, like, look Listen at us again. Listen to us again. It's fine. We'll live without you. Okay. Um, by the way, we uh, will be back in person next week, and then we have some great, great guests coming up before the end of the year. We're not going to tell you who they are right now, but trust me, they are going to be mind-blowing absolutely mind-blowing fun fire okay until then this has been a terrible week for the most part and a great podcast thank you for listening this has been this week in nope the podcast where we shut it down wanna be my new friend we got a lot in common we can talk about nothing